So a guy walks into a bar and says, hey, when you're serving a customer and things go wrong and you recover well, why is that even more impactful than just doing everything perfectly? What forces are at work here and how can this be applied to when things are going well? In my daily service life, the bartender looks at him and says, well, what does he say? My name's Stefan Ravalli. I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher, and my mission is to reconnect you to the power and possibility of the service role. So keep listening, and the service work that you do, whatever that looks like in your life, will not be the same, because one encounter is one opportunity. Check out the website, www.surfconscious.com, and join the mindful service movement. And also check out my awesome partner. The link's in the show notes to the Institute for Organizational Mindfulness. They have made it their mission as well to bring meditation and mindfulness into the world of work and totally transform the organizational space through the power of mindfulness. I'm so excited to be working with them and they'd be excited to work with you if that's your mission as well to bring mindfulness into the workplace. They can help you do it. So as my work on uh, mindful service continues to be more and more focused on uh, the corporate space, the organizational level of service, I'm really aiming this episode at leaders or service professionals that are kind of aspiring to, to really be as effective as they can in this realm. So just so you know, in case you're normally seeking the sort of general mindful living as a service professional, maybe more in the restaurant hospitality realm, this is uh, getting a little more organizational in its scope, but I really hope you still find benefit from it since I think anyone can, since I think service is such a universal human motive that can be brought into anything to uplift it. Uh, But I really would love to hear your feedback on this episode and anything you'd want to add if you are a uh, leader in a service-based organization. Ever go out to dinner and everything's perfect? You know, in that like uninteresting way where they're just kind of like, they're fine, right? It's every box is ticked. All of the proper procedures and protocols are followed. And it's on point, right? And then something happens that begins to make the night really interesting. Something goes wrong. Someone spills something on you. A server, perhaps. And you're like, yes! (laughs) That's how I'm like, anyway. And you might be thinking, well, you're like that, Stefan, because you're sadistic and you love watching people squirm. No, that's not true at all, actually. I would feel tremendous compassion for them. Uh, No one likes making mistakes. It hurts. But I can't help but be unbelievably curious as to how the team is going to recover from that error, how they're going to handle the situation. And it's not just that. It's like, ooh, what am I going to get? You know, they're going to give me some stuff. Really not out for a bargain anyway, if you want to go out and have a nice time. You want a genuine experience. And that's the whole thing here. It becomes genuine when somebody makes a mistake. Something funny happens where you know that they're going off script now. You know that they are having to really kind of show up as humans that are, in a way, you know, kind of vulnerable and uh, accepting that things didn't go as planned. And also individual to you. And I think people really appreciate a good recovery situation in a service experience 
because the results feel individualized. They feel personal, like just they were being helped in only the way they could be helped because the company had to go the extra mile in order to explore how to most serve you and most improve whatever went wrong, however you might have been upset in that situation. So yeah, it's uh, no mystery that a good service recovery tends to have the best results in terms of creating customer loyalty, as well as garnering rave reviews. And even servers who were participating in a great service recovery in a restaurant get really great tips as a result of someone saying thank you. Thank you for really showing that you had my interest at heart, not that you were just following the usual script. It has to be a good service recovery, though. It can't just look like yet another protocol. It has to have feeling behind it. And I think that's another thing that is the difference, too. Maybe when I go out and everything's awesome and fine, it feels that way mechanically. Things can be perfect mechanically speaking and feel less enjoyable and enriching and less perfect then maybe somewhere more warm and raw, maybe that was a bit clumsy of a place or just less refined, right? Like when you go out in some other country, let's say, like you're visiting any given country, do you seek fine dining of fine dining? Or do you want the sort of local culture experience? You want to have a genuine experience of like, what is it really like? for real people to serve me, being themselves, surrounded by people being themselves, right? Yes, some people seek fine dining when they go to other countries. I mean, I probably would, but there was some iconic restaurant that I was willing to part with my money to experience, right? So that's what people are after, an experience that feels like authentic in a way, genuine. And by the way, this can occur without something going wrong. <laughs> I hope it can. And really this episode should just as much be pointing you in the direction of creating an authentic experience without catastrophe, because depending on that is not going to get you anywhere. And plus, like what, you're going to start engineering catastrophes? That's not sustainable. And eventually, by the way, it's just going to become yet another procedure to follow. Okay, we just engineered a, a problem. Let's just recover from it and follow the protocol, right? It's when things go unexpectedly wrong that you get to see the true colors of an organization and the team. You feel like you're getting served by the team. They're giving you service that they want to give to make up for it from one human being to another. And that feeling of it being voluntary, I think, is also really important too. You have to feel like the service you're getting is service they want to give, not like have to give, right? A service recovery is a great opportunity for that, for making it look like you're doing something that you want to, because you want to help and want to make someone happy, not something that you have to as like, you know, an act of contrition, basically, an act of uh, penance for your errors. So all these little features are really important to service recovery, but also they're really good models to take into everyday service. Can every day be like a creative, spontaneous service experience for the people that we're serving in any format, whether it's on the phone, 
or in a store or in a retail outlet. You name it, in a garage fixing cars. Can the people working there be empowered to use their intellect and creativity? I guarantee if they are given that power, they will start to make better decisions. There's just something that occurs where intelligence levels skyrocket once one is trusted to be an adult rather than just having to rigidly follow a protocol because their own human folly uh, is not reliable enough to act on its own, right? So when you build a team of people you trust, that you can trust to make the best decisions, even totally creative ones that maybe that were never tried before. This totally changes the game and totally changes the customer experience. And a lot of companies, that's a huge, huge leap to take. And I totally understand because there's all these unknowns at play when that occurs. But really, removing those unknowns to have like rigid protocols of like, this is what we do in this situation. This is what we do to recover from this situation. It just gives an illusion of control. A sense that things are going according to plan, but it doesn't mean customers are walking away any happier. How many times have you walked away from a service experience where they were following policy, frustrated with the company and their policies? The employee did exactly what they should have done. And it was deeply unfulfilling, right? How many times have you walked away from a service experience where the employee is like, we don't normally do this, but I'm happy to solve this problem for you and improve this situation. How many times did you walk away satisfied? Hopefully they weren't lying. <laughs> Hopefully they weren't just tricking you to think they were like doing you a special favor. I can be cynical like that sometimes, but honestly, like there is usually a flavor of authenticity that can be tasted. And there's usually a flavor like you can tell, like everyone here is valued and trusted, even if it's over the phone, even if it's a tech support department. So really, I guess this episode's about service recovery and how to dazzle somebody by pulling them out of the depths with far more drama, with the low and the high and all of that. We could talk about the art of that, and it's very interesting to explore. But really, this is a discussion about trusting the people that you work with. Two, own the mistake and not try to hide it and blame someone else. And to recover appropriately using their best judgment. And being given the proper like training and education to do so. And you know what? They're going to be more likely to own the mistake and not hide it away when there is trust that they will handle it properly and there's less threat of punishment for making the mistake. Especially if it's recovered from well. And there is clear and obvious learning that has occurred. So many places I've worked. All they were really measuring is your absence of mistakes. And of course, the presence of your sales or numbers, you know. Measuring the positive numbers, measuring the negative numbers, and that's it. What would they say at some places? You're only as good as your last service. All that means is like your mistakes are all that we're seeing. So if you have a bad service, 
all we see is the negative, and not all the positive that you might have done around it, and all the positive ways you may have recovered from the slip-up, and the growth you might have experienced as a result. None of that is seen, and that is not very inspiring. Are people going to want to own up to mistakes? Are people going to be able to properly work on their weaknesses? They're not even going to want to look at their weaknesses. I found that when you are compassionate and understanding towards a mistake and towards whatever weakness may have resulted in it, uh, you're more likely to improve that problem. And also, when there is less fear of punishment from error, there are less mistakes because there are just less nerves. This sounds counterintuitive because you might think, okay, well, if I don't have consequences in place for actions, then they're just going to run amok and everyone's going to be lazy and complacent and undisciplined and they're going to be careless and they're going to make careless mistakes. But if ultimately everyone is on board with doing right by the customer, then the ultimate aim is going to be their happiness and fulfillment and they're going to work in that direction and avoid the sloppy mistakes that get in the way of that. Even if there is like zero punishment for mistakes, like zero punishment for mistakes, do you think people would enjoy making them? Do you think people enjoy frustrating or upsetting or letting someone down that they're trying to serve? Of course not. It's always going to be painful to do so. Especially when you build a culture of service and you have a culture of people that are enthusiastic about really helping others, then making that mistake is going to be deeply felt. So really, I think what people need is not punishment for making mistakes. They're going to provide their own punishment. They need um, strategies and techniques to work with their own self-punishing tendencies. I'll refer you to just the previous episode. Yeah, just the previous episode, we did a guided practice on self-compassion that can be done in the moment while you're working, where you make a mistake and what is the first thing that occurs in the service professional. I'm stupid. I hate myself. I'm so terrible. Oh my God, what have I done? This is a catastrophe. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Do you think carrying that into all of the other people that uh, one is serving is going to be at all helpful and good for the service product of the business? Absolutely not. And it's not going to do well for you, the, the employee, and your own enjoyment of your job. You want to be able to be resilient, nimble, make the mistake, move on, and leave it at the door after you've you know made the correct recovery procedures and be able to move on to the next thing. And it takes more than just saying to people like, don't let it bother you. Don't let it get you down. It's not enough just to tell someone that. All they're going to do then is feel bad for letting it bother them because they shouldn't. <laughs> the mind is really funny like that. So this is taking things a little deeper, you know, service from the inside. You don't have to be, if you're a leader listening to this, you don't have to be like one of those 
lovey-dovey, huggy, alternative <laughs> culture uh, companies. This doesn't have to be like um, West Coasty, everyone's a winner mentality, right? This could just be you saying, hey, it's good to have these tools to be able to talk to yourself better and be able to leave everything at the door. And that's actually a practice. It's not just a suggestion that you hope someone takes. No matter how much someone thinks they shouldn't let it bother them, they will, because the emotional forces within us are really powerful. So you need to use a self-compassion strategy in order to be able to work with these on the level of feeling, because that's really what's happening here. And you can't pretend it's not there, and you cannot think that it's getting pushed under the surface and kept there because it is felt. It is felt by everybody, your emotional state broiling under the surface. This is also really helpful for a different kind of mistake. Because there's like the major error where if you were to tell a manager about it, then they would say, we need to fix this. Like we need to make up for this. But then there's just like the little failures, like those little minute ways that you just like misjudged a situation, you misstepped. And someone might have seemed like a little annoyed that you didn't quite understand their needs. And you maybe didn't point them in exactly the right direction. Or something. Or you thought someone wanted more friendly engagement when they just wanted to be left alone. Or vice versa. They wanted more engagement, you didn't give it to them. There's so many little ways we can feel like we fail people. And the more we care, the more we will. So firstly, like honor that part of you, because that's a great motive to have. To really want to do right by someone. To really want to tune in compassionately to their particular profile of needs. And that is an art. And it requires sometimes gathering more information. And sometimes we just haven't gathered enough before a decision has to be made. And you just need to learn to let that go and be fine with that. That you did everything you knew was possible in that moment. And everything is a data point of learning. And this is another place where you can apply self-compassion. It's not just during a, a catastrophe. When something's utterly a mess. It can also be just little moments where you have little opportunities to jab yourself. Because self-worth is such a, a challenge in this industry. First of all, the service role feels lowly. It's not when you have an empowered relationship to it and you really do connect to its, its power and its value, but it can by default feel that way. And you can still get pulled into those stories a bit, especially if someone's, you know, really condescending or, or mistreating of you. And then, you know, a little failure at a time will bit by bit fill that tank of uh, self-loathing, feeling like we're deficient or unworthy in some way. So, you know, to begin with, you have a role that's challenging to feel good about ourselves sometimes. And then you've got constant opportunities, dozens a day, hundreds a day maybe, to misstep a little bit and wonder if we made the absolute right decision just a little bit. This happens in medicine a lot more severely, so to speak, where the professionals are constantly worrying about whether they chose the right treatment strategy or not. They'll never know. They'll never know if there could have been a better direction, right? If they'd only known this, if they'd only known that. So it's really 
haunting sometimes. And if you're taking service home with you and still lashing yourself after the day is done and still letting things sit with you, then you need some tools and strategies to untangle yourself from this baggage. Come at things fresh. And you'll be more willing to handle these challenges because you know you're not going to crush yourself for them. And you know they're not going to stick to you and continually cause much more trauma than they really need to at all. I mean, at the end of the day, this person that you might have just not 100% nailed it with is going to forget about this, most likely. So why are you still carrying it? You know, you've got work to do. So that's all I wanted to say about service recovery. There's so much to say about it. There's so much possibility in the realms of service recovery. And it's such a great invitation to ask yourself, how can I be this awesome when I don't need to be, when I'm not recovering? So definitely treasure those moments as learning experiences, not only how to you know, avoid mistakes or become more nimble at dealing with challenges, but also to just ask yourself, how can I raise myself to this level when everything's good? And how much more practice do I need to do at being really caring and really responsive and really attentive when everything's good? And where is the authenticity lacking? And that sense of being absolutely willing and voluntary lacking in my daily service interactions. All right, that's all. Check out the self-compassion practice, the guided practice, just like 10 minutes or so, uh, which you can shorten really quickly um, once you get the hang of it and can apply it to any area where you're, where you're struggling a little bit and you feel like you need some support. So definitely check that out. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. And I've got an article being published uh, about this that I'll also uh, leave um, a link to as well. It'll be a more detailed layout of everything that I've mentioned, plus some other stuff. So check that out. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. As always, you have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed all of this service geekery. And please check out the website www.surfconscious.com for more free content and resources and get on that mailing list so I can shoot you new content whenever it's available. Thanks so much.